Hey everyone, welcome to Pagan Spirituality Today. This is episode number two for the 2011 calendar year. I am your host, Kveldrida. Today is September the 1st, 2011. Before I get into the topics I want to talk about, I want to reset the ground again. This show can be downloaded at iTunes, podbean.com, which is my host site. I recently checked, and the show is still available at Podcast Pickle and at Podcast Alley. You can leave me a comment at Podbean. You can leave me a review at iTunes, which I would greatly appreciate. If you want to email me, my email is paganspiritualitytoday at gmail. That's all one word, paganspiritualitytoday at gmail. This show does have a Facebook fan page. As I've said in the past, I don't really visit that page very often, so in the last episode I said I would try to get there every week and post something, some pictures, comments, what have you. I've been doing alright so far. I've been posting something every few days. Generally it's small things about my life, some pictures of our animals or other things that might be going on with me, but I'm trying to visit every couple of days and keep things fresh there. Hopefully those of you who visit will find it interesting and come back from time to time. Leave comments of your own. I think that would be pretty cool. As many of you know, the east coast of the United States has been experiencing some very strange weather recently. About a week ago, we had the largest earthquake on record, I believe, for the east coast at 5.9 centered in a tiny town called Mineral, Virginia, which is about 35 miles from where I live. The earthquake took place about 1.53 in the afternoon. I've been working nights the last few weeks, so I was upstairs in the bed trying to take a nap. Oni was out in the yard. At first I felt a small shaking as though a large truck were going by, but pretty quickly that shaking started to shift the actual ceiling fan that was spinning over my head and I knew something was going on so I jumped out of the bed ran downstairs a bunch of the cabinets had opened up and some things had shifted around but there wasn't any obvious damage nothing really happened with us but when I got outside to ask Oni what she had felt she said other than feeling slightly off balance as if she were tripping, she didn't even notice there was an earthquake, which it turns out a lot of people who were outside did not really feel anything. There's something about being in a building, and particularly a tall building, that amplified the effects. Had I been on the first floor when the earthquake had happened, I'm not sure I would have noticed it as much, but on the second floor it was very noticeable. It seemed obvious to me it had to be an earthquake, although Clearly, that's not the kind of thing that you expect in central Virginia, but what else it could have been seemed inconceivable to me. Immediately, there were texts coming in. People were calling, asking if we were okay. Actually, I think some of our friends got the news via their smartphones or some other method, confirmation that it was an earthquake, before we did. I immediately came in and went to the U.S. Geological Survey and started searching the Richmond television station's news pages online. But about the time that I found out for sure that it was an earthquake and what the magnitude was, everyone we knew was already calling to check on us. 
So that was kind of interesting, and people talked about that for a couple of days. Then, of course, Hurricane Irene came this way. Now, for folks who may not have known the details of Irene, Fox and Erwin live down near the coast of Virginia, so presumably one would think that they were in a lot more danger where they were than we are 130 miles inland. But it turns out that we seem to have gotten stronger winds and stronger rains than much of the coastal area actually did. Some of the shingles came off on our house and my neighbor lost several trees. We had one tree come down, but it didn't hit anything. We were without power for a little over a day, and we have a well here at our house for our water, so when we have no power, we have no water as well. We had gone out on Friday, Thursday actually, gotten our storm supplies, water and food, all that sort of thing. We were pretty well stocked for probably a four-day interruption. We were prepared for that. But luckily for us, we're on a main power line. It feeds two jails pretty close by, as well as the county seat, the courthouse, the police station, all of that sort of thing. So they worked on our line pretty diligently as soon as the weather cleared up enough for crews to go out and safely work. And being pagans, we happen to have a lot of candles, tons and tons of candles. So we did all right. We went out on Saturday night during the actual hurricane because it was delayed here. It slowed down in its northerly progress so much that we were beginning to think that it had already passed us by. Our power was already out at that point. We had no radio, so we jumped in the car and started driving around. Every little country lane that we went on was blocked by a fallen tree, so we had to turn around and try another lane. We got onto 301, which is a U.S. highway, and it was blocked at one point. So we spent probably an hour driving around the back roads trying to get into a larger section of town to see if anyone did have power. Eventually we decided that it would be better just to go home and get off the road, but it was kind of exciting. A little bit nerve-wracking to be out in that, but the storm actually hit us with full force about an hour after we had ventured out, about 9, 9.30 p.m., and remained quite strong through Sunday morning. As of today, September the 1st, which is Thursday, there are still thousands of people in the Richmond area, and I'm assuming up the coast, without power. Interestingly, on Tuesday morning, when Oni got up to let the chickens out and attend to the morning farm duties, there was a male peacock in our yard. Now, we don't know anyone around here who keeps peacocks. Obviously, someone does, because the bird was healthy and relatively happy. But it wandered into the yard Tuesday morning, and it has stayed. It's been here roosting on the roof of the house each night for two nights thus far. If he stays a few more days, maybe another week, we're considering trying to find a lady peacock to keep him around for good. He is what I believe is called a blue Indian, or maybe it's an India blue. Anyway, he's gorgeous. I've posted some pictures of him on the fan page. Oni happens to love peacocks, and one of the spirits that she worships, the symbol for that spirit, the primary symbol, is the peacock. 
So beyond being an interesting thing, just a gorgeous bird wandering in, a very uncommon bird for that matter, this was a spiritual experience and remains one for Oni. And of course, she's very excited about keeping him around, but we don't want to put him in a pen or anything like that. He can fly just fine and basically take care of himself. So we're hoping that he will choose to stay, and if he does, we will try to find him a girlfriend. It's interesting to me, April or May of this year, we did a fertility ritual, and we invited a number of people over to bless the fields, as it were, and bless our livestock and whatnot, and see that they would be fruitful. We initially had some problems getting the chickens to what they call go broody, which is have a hen sit on the eggs and hatch them. We have had two sets of chicks now, so we're doing okay on that. But in the meantime, we've had all kinds of unexpected fertility. There's a kind of snake in Virginia called the black rat snake, which obviously eats rodents and other things like that. Well, we saw one, a very, very small one, in April, I think, about as thick as my pinky, and maybe 9 or 10 inches long. They're not aggressive in any way. They're not poisonous. They don't really bite people or animals generally. Although if a very, very small animal like a chick is available to them, they will eat that. We did not kill the snake. We looked it up online to see, you know, that it's beneficial to a small farmyard. It turns out now we have, I believe, three of them, possibly four, and they're quite large. And if we're not careful, they steal all the chicken's eggs. So they've been getting fat on our eggs. Also, we have a mother woodchuck and a couple of baby woodchucks that have made a, a den right behind one of our sheds, and we see them around the property. The other day, Oni was mowing the back part of the lawn, the closest part to the house that we use recreationally, and a tiny little bunny came flying out from the area she was about to mow. And so she stopped, and it turned out there were several baby bunnies hiding in this tall grass that we had never gotten around to mowing. We also have had quite an explosion in our pigeon population. We started with four breeding pairs, and I believe we have 17 now, plus some eggs that are being sat upon. So we're going to have to sell some of these pigeons. They're already filling up the cage. Our fertility ritual appears to have done an exceedingly good job. In the material sense, we don't make any more money or have anything like that. We had hoped some of that might happen. But literally, the things growing, the animals coming around, has been pretty amazing, really. Unfortunately, there is a crop pest called the Asian stink bug, which is a invasive species, and it went crazy in our garden. So we got a lot of tomatoes, we got some green peppers and tons of Anaheim peppers, but almost everything else, the bugs ate so quickly, our pumpkins, our squash, they multiplied so fast that we really never got around to doing anything about it before they had destroyed the majority of the plants. We picked the very last peppers yesterday, and we made a fire in the backyard and roasted them over the fire, which was quite fun, actually. It was a relaxing activity uh, compared to, say, watching TV. So we're pretty much done now for gardening and that sort of thing for this year. And even with our garden mishap and losing a lot of 
vegetables to the insects, I think we've had a pretty fertile year. I'm pretty happy with the ceremony that we did and the results that we got. And we've wondered about this peacock showing up and the woodchucks showing up and a bunny choosing to have babies literally right next to the well at our house, whether these things have been affected by that fertility ritual or not. But it's been interesting to see the waning and the waxing of things, the cycle of things. We definitely feel like we're surrounded by wildlife here. Now, on to another topic that I very much want to talk about, but it's a bit dicey, and I'll explain why. What I'm talking about today, in essence, is hypocrisy, but it, I want to talk about a specific aspect of hypocrisy that I'm noticing in the pagan community. It's already prevalent in the regular American secular community, but I hadn't really been noticing it or paying that much attention to it amongst pagans until recently. And I got really, really mad, really exercised recently, a couple weeks ago, when I was listening to a podcast that was new to me, and it had this horrendous example of hypocrisy like I want to talk about. But it got me thinking that this is a situation, this is a trend that I've been noticing for probably the last five or six years in paganism. Oni and I have never been huge proponents of tolerance for tolerance sake. Now, we've talked about this before in my morals and ethics show, I believe, that I think tolerance is good, I think it's fine and all of that. I do not think that it is inherently a pagan value. I mean, certainly Gardner and the early pagans were not tolerant. They felt that what they were doing was the only legitimate kind of witchcraft or what have you that was out there. My point being that tolerance was not one of our primary goals as pagans from the beginning. However, most of us practicing paganism see the value in tolerance, at least to an extent. We like to do a bit of live and let live with the general public, and particularly with each other. And I think that's fine. I think it's helpful as a community. I think it's helpful from a human standpoint. You don't have to be a pagan for tolerance to be helpful. That said... I have noticed for a couple of years, particularly newer pagans, beating the drum of tolerance. Constantly, one must be tolerant, one must be tolerant, it's a pagan value, it's not even up for negotiation. And I've always been a little confused by this, because I don't remember the book or the tradition or the coven where people say that tolerance is their primary value. It has never been my primary value. So I've always been kind of curious about this, but to be honest, when someone harps on tolerance a lot, I tend to stop listening to what they say, because I don't feel like they're speaking in a language that I understand. I don't understand what they're trying to get at when they're banging on that tolerance drum. Well, here's what happened recently. I listened to a podcast, new to me, that I will not specify. And one of the hosts was banging the drum of tolerance very, very strongly and saying that tolerance is a pagan value and that we all accept it as a pagan value as if it were universally believed amongst pagans to be one of the most important things or the most important thing. And I thought, okay, okay, get past this. I've heard all this before. I don't know where you're going. But this person was much more 
obvious, much more direct with the comments that followed the banging on the tolerance drum. And let me just say, those comments were far from tolerant under anyone's definition. There was a lot of, look, if you're a pagan, you can't do this. Look, if you're a pagan, you can't do that. You can't think this way. You can't dress this way. You can't act this way. The comments were completely black and white, straightforward. I am telling you what is acceptable as a pagan, and you all should be listening to me. Furthermore, this person thought their opinions were so obviously true, universally, objectively, inarguably true, they said so. And it made me so angry that they had been doing this song and dance about tolerance and literally, two minutes later, followed it up with a long, derisive, insulting rant about how people who dress a certain way in perhaps a flamboyant way or wear a cape or, I don't know, you choose whatever thing, something that makes them publicly stand out or potentially be the article of ridicule, their intolerance to those people's choices was breathtaking to me. And it got me thinking after I got over being mad, which took several days. The American public sphere has come to a point now where if you say, I like gay people, I think they're great, you follow that up with, but I don't think they should get married, have any rights, or in any way be treated differently than anyone else, except where I think their rights should be abridged. It made me think of that concept within the secular world, and it was actually Fox from Pagan Parents on the Edge. I was discussing this with him the other day, and he said, you know, essentially, brother, this is America now. You say something that sounds friendly and non-controversial. I like black people. And then you go on to say how much black people are lazy and stupid. And if anyone says anything, you say, what, what? I said I like black people. What's the problem? And it finally clicked in my head that pagans have taken this kind of speech towards tolerance. I've spoken to people in real life, but I've also heard a lot of this on podcasts. People saying, oh no, we must be tolerant to each other. It's important. It's imperative. And by the way, everyone who thinks that North should represent water, I mean, they're just retarded. What's wrong with those people? Or... We all should be free to do what we want, but if you wear robes in public, someone should just arrest you and put you in the loony bin. Folks, it's a scam, is what I'm trying to say. In my view, when someone is prefacing their comments with stuff about how much they like this group, or how tolerant they are of that group, and they're pushing this and pushing this, watch out, listen to what they say afterwards. Because I'll bet you it's going to be some intolerant, nonsense, self-aggrandizing crap. And I'm sick of it. I don't even understand why no one is talking about this. Why it isn't being called out. I mean, I understand. I'm kind of late to the party, right? I've noticed it's been going on for several years. But it just it didn't click in my head that this was the kind of speech that's being used. Say something to cover your butt, 
and then follow it with all your derisive and angry rants about people you don't like or behaviors that you don't like. Is this the kind of community that we want? I don't think so. Now, before you go on and think I'm doing the same thing, first of all, I'm not claiming to be a terribly tolerant person. I've been pretty open about that all along. Secondly, I think if someone wants to be a jerk, it's their right to be a jerk. I think if someone wants to wear their robes to Walmart, that's their right. I think if you want to be a pagan who claims to come from Crenor 9 and say that dragons drive you to work every day, who cares? Why is this a problem for me? These things are not about me. I'm not doing those things. Even if I was, I don't see where the issue is. I mean, do we believe in live and let live? Generally speaking, I do. Now, there are things that I'm opposed to, and I don't make any secret of them. There are things I think are bad for society or bad for people in general, and I don't have a problem saying that. I will not be tolerant of things I am opposed to, period. However, in general, what other people do is their own business. It's their own concern. And I've been asking myself, what is the root of this say you're tolerant and then dog people out kind of behavior? And in the podcast I most recently listened to, and in many of the other comments that I've heard over these past couple years, what seems to be the root of this whole matter is that a lot of pagans, newer pagans, are embarrassed about being pagan. Their life is very connected to their old friends, secular friends, Christian friends, whoever they might be. And any time someone acts in a way that might be flamboyant or different from their own opinion or perhaps seems silly or juvenile to them, they think, oh my gods, my friends are going to hear about this or see this and think, these people represent me. I have to get them to stop behaving this way because I will not be accepted by my secular Christian mainstream friends. It seems to have a lot to do with that, that people are afraid they will be painted with the broad brush of the most unusual or flamboyant pagan within the community. I understand that feeling. When pagans started getting on reality TV some years back and they only would invite the person who dresses all in black and has the hubcap size pentagram, I scratched my head. I thought, okay, this is TV. This is the way people are being portrayed. But Oni and I quickly came to the idea, who cares? That's not me on the television. And if you know me, if you see me in real life, you're not going to think that that's me. And even if you do, then perhaps you're not the kind of person that I want to hang out with because you can't discern one person from another. You can't discern my behavior from the behavior and attitudes of another person. That's not very open-minded. That probably means you're not the best friend in the world anyway. The fear of being accepted or not being accepted by the mainstream amongst many new pagans seems to be a very, very strong concern that they don't want to make a break 
from their old life to take up this thing called paganism, which is their new life, many people have tried to find a way to live within both things. I'm a mainstream person, but I practice paganism. It's one of the reasons why I think so many pagans want paganism to be considered mainstream, because then there, there is no tension anymore between the new way that you think and behave and the old way that you thought and behave. I guess that's normal. It's certainly something that's real, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's, it's on people's minds. But whatever your problems are with maintaining a sense of normalcy or mainstream acceptance, putting those problems on someone else or saying that the person who thinks Harry Potter is real life and that's paganism, that isn't going to solve anything. You aren't going to feel any more secure. You aren't going to feel any better in your own life. You're just distracting yourself from the real problem, which is you have a hard time accepting you. My message to all of you, dear listeners, if people start pushing this idea around that we must, must, must be tolerant, we must, 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 do as others say. Pay close attention to what those folks are telling you. Are they behaving the way they claim they are? Are they basically just putting up a front as a way of deflecting criticism from themselves so that they feel like they can say negative things, really hurtful and unfair things about other people, and not suffer criticism? Those of you who are uncomfortable with your paganism, or uncomfortable that there are people in paganism who aren't like you, who think differently, who act strangely or garishly in public, or whatever it might be. That's just life. If you want to feel better about yourself, deal with yourself. Deal with your own paganism, your own sense of who you are, and become comfortable with that. You will never get people to do what you want or believe how you believe. I'm not sure why you would want to. I'm not sure why you think you have the right to try to make that happen. But even if you could go around doing that, it isn't going to work. For me, for Oni, there are certainly people within the pagan community I don't want to hang out with, I don't really respect, I don't like but I cherish their right to be those people. Beyond the fact that this is America, and we're supposed to be free to be who we want, if paganism is not eclectic, if paganism is not free, if it is not a wide open playing field, what are we doing? Is it our intent to eventually become dogmatic? You must be one of seven forms of Wicca. You must be one of three forms of Asatru. Is that what we want? Is that where we're going? I don't think so. Beyond the fact that I don't think it's possible, pagans in general are more individualistic than the average American. I don't think it's desirable. And I wish the folks that are so uncomfortable with themselves, in their own skin, in their own thoughts, would turn inward and let the rest of us go on with what we're doing. We will be us, you be you. There doesn't need to be some form of attempt to standardize behavior so that it 
is okay for the mainstream. I don't understand the point of that. I don't think there's any value in that. And I'm just not on board. Not at all. But if that's what you want, some kind of normalizing behavior, have the guts to say so. Don't hide behind some words like tolerance. Well, I think I've ranted on this long enough. But as I said, I got pretty exercised about it the other day. Pretty angry. It took me several days to stop being angry. And I'm very slow to anger. But this recent episode of hypocrisy following the idea of tolerance was just sort of the last straw on this topic for me. And I felt I have to say something about it, but I also have to calm down so that I'm not being insulting or calling people names and stuff. I just want to talk about why I think this is wrong. I hope I've done that. I hope you all understand where I'm coming from and what it is I'm trying to say. I think that's all I'm going to say today. I want to thank Fox for helping me clarify this idea in my mind and putting this show together. I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm really appreciative that folks have been commenting and writing in about the return of the show. I will again make a shameless plug for an iTunes review. It will help me out. Until next time, I will probably do another show in September since it is so early in the month, but if I don't, I will definitely be back long before Samhain. I think I'm going to talk a lot about my feelings on Samhain and such this year. But in any event, thanks for listening. I will be back with you soon. In the meantime, I wish you peace and joy.